Baruchim Abayim. Welcome, everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are in class number 11. This class is sponsored for the Fuashalema of Haya Sarah Bat Simha. And all of Holea Mo Israel. Amen. We've been on our journey to Simcha. The first few weeks were very, very pleasant. Because we were learning about how beautiful Simcha is and how it's going to not only make us feel better, but it's going to give us the strength and on and on and on, and it was just a great time to come and listen. But now we're getting into the work area because Simha is not something that we're going to achieve by hearing about it. It's something that needs a tremendous amount of investment. It's a good investment, but it needs investment. And sometimes when we get into the investment, we forget why we're trying to invest. So even though some of the things that we're gonna talk about and that we've been talking about seem to be a little more complicated and more difficult than we imagined, but we can't forget that we have a goal and the goal is so worth it. It's so important to reach what we want, but we're not gonna get it done unless we take these classes now that we're learning, talking the last five or six, and really review them and implement them in our lives. Like I tell you time and time again, coming to this class does nothing for you. It does nothing to change anything in your life. You walk in here, you listen, you walk out, you learn something, but nothing has happened no changes have happened. It's the unfortunate side of inspiration. Inspiration feels very good, but inspiration does nothing. It just feels good and gets you excited. But if you don't put that into action, if you don't go to work after you get inspired, you've done nothing. So I just want to remind you again, and we're up to the Midah of Hakarat HaTov. As we've mentioned a few classes already, that without Hakarat HaTov, it's going to be impossible for a person to live a life of Simha. That that type of life of Hakarat HaTov is going to be not so easy to reach. And we mentioned that the way a person needs to be to have such an awareness of their li- in their life, they have to be by nature a giver. Givers have and will develop hakaratato. Takers will not. So right now we're trying to figure out how to have hakaratato to have simha. 
But for that to happen, we're digging deeper, we need a foundation called to be a giver. Last week we spoke about that. And this week we're going to speak about another department in this area. When you speak about hesed or giving, obviously the first place, the first stop on the map is going to be Abraham Avinu's home. And we're going to study together today a parasha that all of you, all of us, are very familiar with to the point where I risk that the listener will say, oh, I know this already, let me move on to the next class. But as much as you know about the story, there may be details of it that you may not be aware of. And even if you are, it's very good to review. As you know, the Pasuk begins, Parashat Vayera, it begins with, the, yeah, with Abraham Avinu getting a visit from Hashem. Like it says, Vayera elav Adonai be'elone mamre. Hashem appears to Abraham. Now usually when Hashem appears to somebody, so he has a message for him. He tells him something. Like something like Vayomer elav or Vaydaber. Here in this pasuk, we don't find, can we just close that door? Please, thank you. We don't find anybody speaking to him. It just says, Vayera elav Adonai mamre. Hashem appeared to him. And what else happened? Doesn't say. That's why from here, Hazal learned. The Gemara says in Masechet Sota that we have to go visit the sick. Says the Gemara, how did we know that we have to visit sick people? Who said that's a mitzvah? Says the Gemara, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Holim. Because we emulate Hashem who visited sick people. When did Hashem visit sick people? Says the Pasuk, says the Gemara, Dikhtib. The Pasuk says, Vayera elav Adonai be'elone mamre. How does the Gemara know that this was a Bikur Halim visit? The answer is because no, there, was no, there was no talking. Which, by the way, should give us a lot of hizuk, a lot of strength. Not only do we learn from here that there's a mitzvah to visit people who are not well, I think it gives me and you hizuk because very often when people are not well, we really don't want to visit them. Not because we don't see the value in visiting a sick person. Because very often we feel that we're not up to par. Like we don't have those quick lines that we could just say and make the person happy and change their mood. And we don't, what am I going to say to him? What should I say to her? I don't have the right words to say. I might just mess up. You know what? I'm not going. Very often when people are down or sick or sitting shiva, it's very hard to go for a visit because we don't feel capable of turning it around for that person. From this visit, we see something very beautiful. That you don't have to say anything. Hashem visited Abraham. He didn't give him a pep talk. He didn't... Nothing. You just stay with him. Now, staying with Hashem is a beautiful thing. 
I don't know that we can compare to that. But at the end of the day, Hashem is a beautiful example for us that a person who is in pain, lo alenu. They don't necessarily need a sharp line. They just need someone who cares that's going to come and sit with them. That's all we need to do. Okay, so let's move on with the story. Pasuk says, Hashem came to visit Abraham. This was the third day after his Brit Milah. He's in a lot of pain. And as we know, Hashem made it very hot that day so that nobody would come to visit him. This way, he maybe have a few hours of rest. Abraham was running an empire of Hesed. So Hashem wanted to give him a break. He made it very hot, like the Torah reports. Kehom hayom. It was a very hot day. Now notice in the Torah, we never get, you know, the, uh, the weather forecast or the temperature in any story. Somebody asked you, what was the weather like when Am Yisrael left Mitzrayim? What was the forecast then? Did it rain? Was it? We have no idea. What happened by Kiryat Yamsuf? Was it 80 degrees? Was it 100 degrees? I don't know. You know why I don't know? Because it doesn't say. The Torah never reports the weather. Because the weather is not important. It's important to have good weather maybe. But it's not important to tell us stories that are weather related. But for some reason, in this story, when Abraham is sitting by his tent, says the Torah, it was a very hot day. So Hazal teaching us, the reason why here, we were told about the weather, because the weather had a very big value in the story. Because the reason why he was sitting by his tent and nobody was around, because Hashem made it very hot that nobody would come. So let's, let's again, here's this picture. Abraham is being visited by Hashem. You know what that feels like, by the way? Let me just describe to you. The Gemara Masechet Berachot says, what is Olam Haba? Now, we can't appreciate this because we're in Olam Hazeh. We have a different currency in this world. We think differently. So even after it says this, we're not going to appreciate it so much. But at least we should know what it is. It says, Olam Haba Embo. What's the pleasure Olam Haba, Hazal tells one moment of Olam Haba is greater than all the pleasure of this world put together. I mean, take all the pleasures in your life. Imagine you could compact all the pleasures of your life into one little bowl. Put all the people in your family also and all their pleasures and your community and the entire world from Adam Arishon till today. Put all the pleasures and try to put it all together in one big bowl. Olam Haba, one moment is more Pleasureful than all of that. Good. So what, what, what happens there? What's there? It says, So forget that part. You're not having salads at Olam Abba. There's no salads, there's no soups, there's no steaks. Okay? You're not having drinks either. For most of us, that's already it's going to be a disaster. What could there be? If there's no food and no drink, could you imagine? Lo masaumatan, lo kina, lo sina, lo tahrud. So what 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 is there? Ella, tzadikim yoshvim, great people will sit. Va'atarotehem beroshehem, 
or my father, or maybe when I helped another person, or maybe when I learned something, I've had those good feelings. So I imagine that ulama ba is like those feelings, but like times millions. Okay, good. Abraham Avinu is experiencing this nehenim meziva shekhina right now in this world. Hashem comes to visit him, not in ulama ba, in it's an unbelievable experience. So what happens now? Hashem sees this man is suffering. He really wants people to visit. He wants people to be his guests. He wants to do chesed. He wants to help. So Hashem sends him malachim. No humans are coming out in this weather. The only one that's going to come out is a malach. Hashem sends three angels to come visit him. What does Abraham do when he sees three people? He thinks they're people. He doesn't know they're angels. He sees three Arabs that look like they came from a very far place. So what does he do? Now he's talking to Hashem. Or better yet, he's with Hashem. Nobody's, nobody's talking. But he's with him. He's experiencing Olam Abba. So what does he do? Says the Pasuk, when he come, they came, Vayar, Vayarot Slikratam. He runs right after these people. He runs to them. And if you're wondering, well, wait, what happened to Hashem? Where, where'd he go? Weren't you just talking to Hashem? Or you were with him? Did he say goodbye? Did he leave him? Did he get permission? What happened? It says the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, Amar Rabbi Yehuda Amar Gedola hachnasat orhim meakbalat peneshechina. It's greater to do an act of kindness like bringing in a guest that's needy into your home than being with the shechina. How does Gemara know that? Who said? Gemara says it. Here's Abraham Avinu. And the Gemara brings a pasuk from this parasha that Abraham told Hashem. Please, don't leave. Hold on. I need to go take care of some people. I'll be back. You, 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 you have Hashem with you. What do you mean, I'll be back? Answer is, says the Gemara, doing chesed, taking care of a person who's in need, is greater than being with Hashem. And Abraham said, I'll see you later. Imagine sitting with the President of the United States. They have deal a billion times. You're sitting with the president, and all of a sudden, outside your house, there are people knocking that need something from you. You would try to ignore them. Maybe go outside, yell at them. Tell them, right now, I'm busy. I got the president here. What are you doing? Abraham literally gets up and walks out. In this story, 
in this story, there are a number of very big questions. Maybe you, maybe some of you heard them, maybe not. My vote is you probably didn't hear them. Question number one. We must remember that Abraham Avinu did not have a Torah. So whatever it is that we look from our life and see how we do and how we do it and why we do it, we have books. We have books all around us. We have a Sefer Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu did not have a Sefer Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, excuse me, Abraham Avinu did not have a Sefer Torah. He didn't have a rabbi. I mean, he didn't go to school like you and me where people would tell us it's right, it's wrong. He didn't even have parents. I mean, he had parents, but not ones that were of value, of value to him. His parents were idol worshippers. So when we see somebody in life doing something extraordinary, always the question that we ask is, who is this person? What we mean by that is, where did they learn this from? When you see someone doing something that's not the norm, if you see someone eating, you don't ask questions. Who is this? If you see someone drinking, you don't ask who is this. But if you see someone doing something way more productive or way more different than another person, usually we say, who is this guy? In other words, where did he get this from? And someone in the crowd will say, oh, I knew his grandpa. His grandfather was just like that. Oh, his father was like that. Or his mother like that. Or maybe his rabbi was like that. Or maybe his best friend was like Somewhere we like to find where they learned it from. Or maybe he was so learned and he understood things on such a deep level. And because of that, we always assume that when people do something extraordinary, meaning not the norm, not the ordinary, it came from somewhere. Where did that come from? And when you watch an old man like Abraham Avinu in pain, running, if we would see today a man running to people to bring them into their house, we would think the guy lost his mind. We would say the person's Meshuga. Could you imagine watching your next door neighbor? You see him running. Wait, hold on, come here. I want to talk to you. Maybe you want to come to my house. You go to your husband, you say, this guy, the neighbor next door, he flipped out. He lost his mind. Not only is he calling out to them, he's running after them. He's begging them. Could you imagine the next door neighbor? 80 years old, he's bowing on the floor. You don't know how much I appreciate you pass by here. Please. Please come on. And then they come in and the whole house is going crazy. This one's baking, this one's slaughtering, this one's cooking. No question. If we saw this today, we would say this man went nuts. But the Torah reports it. It means he wasn't nuts. Sometimes we think other people are nuts when we're nuts. This was 
in the Torah's view, actions of a great man, a very special person, who was able to do something like this. Where did Abraham learn? Which rabbi did he have? That he knew that when you have people who are passing by your house that look like they need a place to stay, you're supposed to run after them, to beg them to stay, to cook for them, to bake for them, to do all that he did for them. Who taught him this? Me and you, how many times have you learned this parasha? 50 times? 100 times? Would you say that you've done anything like this in your life? You'd say no. That means even after you were taught 100 times, you still don't do it. He didn't have anyone to learn from. So why is he doing it? Where did he get that from? This is question number one. Question number two is more of a kushia, more of a difficulty. The first one is more of an inquiry. Sometimes you inquire because you don't know the answer. Sometimes you have a difficulty. The next one is difficult. Imagine that you would open up with your friends in organization to help the sick. You realize that sometimes people, sometimes people are sick and they don't have anyone to cook dinner for them, someone to run their errands, someone to take care of their children. There's all this, the peripheral things that people sometimes forget. Okay, doctors we have, help for doctors we have, but who's taking care of the person? Who's shopping for them? Who's making sure their children are going to the dentist at the right time? There's all types of things that go on that a person does day to day, and now they're sick, they can't do it. So you open up this unbelievable organization, you get together with your friends, you spend months and months and months preparing, and you have a team, you have a system, you're ready for work, you're ready for customers, you even invest in a nice building, so you have a place where you could send out your fleet, and now you open up day one, you advertise, we're open for business. Anybody who's not well, anybody sick, just call our hotline and we will be there for you. Nice. First day comes, nobody calls. Okay. Second day, nobody calls. Now you start making sure that everyone get our message. People know we exist. Yeah, they all know. Why is nobody calling? Baruch Hashem. In the last week, nobody got sick. Wow. Now, would you get together with your friends and have a real start saying, oh, you know, we feel so bad. People aren't getting sick now. We wish they would get sick so we could help them. What would you say if there was a meeting, a gathering of all these heads of the institution that started saying, listen, we need sick people here. You'd say, you'd say, these people are really sick. That's what you'd say. You open an organization to help people. So that if they're sick, you could help them. Now, Baruch Hashem, they're not even sick. So you feel even better. What's wrong with that? It's beautiful. Abraham Avinu 
is sitting in his house and nobody needs him. There's nobody out there right now hungry, nobody traveling, everyone's comfortable. Why is he upset? What is he trying to accomplish? Nobody needs you, Abraham. Everybody's comfortable today. Why are you upset? What kind of Baal Hesed are you? When you see people comfortable, you're upset because you can't help them. They don't need your help. That's a kushya. That's a difficulty. We would say, Abraham, that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate to be upset when people don't need you. If they don't need you, means they're doing fine. That's question number two. There's more questions, but I want to just focus on these two for now. Abraham Avinu was a man who not only like we know and learned, who discovered that there was a creator to this world. Abraham Avinu was even able to know who the creator was. He actually learned from this world about his host. He's a guest, like just we are. We're also a guest in this world. And we also have a host. And Abraham Avinu was able to study from the creation about the nature of the creator. Not only was he able to learn about the creator and who he was, but he even was able to learn about his own purpose in life and why Hashem made him. All that he was able to learn. Could you imagine that? Let's, one more time. Not only was he aware there's a creator to this world, that's not so hard, but he started to understand who the creator was, what's he all about, and he even learned from this world what the purpose of life is. How did Abraham get to know who his creator was? So if you shut out the world for a few moments, you start thinking, you say, one second, I am a guest in this world. I know that. I didn't make myself. One day I appeared in this planet. I was placed in a home. There were people there that were supposed to take care of me. I'm a guest in this world. And there's a host to this world. What do I know about my host? Do I know what it looks like? No. I have a song. Do I know exactly how he thinks, how he does? Not really. But can I see certain things about him? 
from being a guest in his home? So the answer is that probably the greatest knowledge of Hashem that we have access to in this world is his midah of kindness. You don't have to be learned to know about his kindness. You don't need teachers to teach you about it. You just have to stop for a moment, which is a big deal for us. Stopping life for a moment to think is not so easy. But if you could imagine to stop and think, what do you know about Hashem? And you will think and think and think and you'll say, you know what I know about Hashem? I know that He is a Baal Hasid. How do I know He's a Baal Hasid? I just look at myself and say, wait, why was I created? I was given so many things. The more science I learn, the more I realized how many trillions of things I was given. First, I looked at my body as one piece, and then I realized there's fingers, and then there's nails, and there are eyes, and each eye has literally millions of parts. And you start learning more and more, and you realize that your body is made up of trillions of pieces. Literally. So, all of that has to function properly so that I could have a normal life where I could sit down and eat and enjoy the food. Not only because the food that Hashem gave me is enjoyable, but He gave me the ability to enjoy it. And then the food has to go down. There needs to be saliva in my mouth so that the food slides down. If my mouth was dry, so it would get stuck. If I had no teeth, I couldn't cut the food. So I need teeth to cut. I need saliva to bring down. I need all kinds of machinery going on that are working without me to break the food down, to distribute everything to the right place. Calcium has to go to the teeth. I need the right thing for nails goes to, nobody eats nails. We know that. So how do you get nails? The food you eat somehow is distributed, the right part of it, to the area where we have nails. And nails start to grow. We grow hair. We grow all types of things. All the pleasures that we have in life. We start realizing, one second, the pleasures that I have in my life, any of them, are only pleasures that Hashem gave me to be able to enjoy. I walk into the, the supermarket and I see, wow. You know, if you think about it, walk into the supermarket. Has 30 aisles, 40 aisles, huge all types of food and stop for a moment and think that every human could exist by eating a piece of bread that's all you need we can exist we would live 120 years if we just had bread and water may not sound so exciting but if you're talking about survival we could all survive with bread and water life wouldn't be as enjoyable, but you could survive. So how come the host of my world, that he put me here, he didn't just give me water 
and bread. He said, I'm going to give you also all the extras. You know what? I'm going to give you tomatoes. You're going to eat bread without tomato sauce? Ah, imagine. You need tomato sauce. And not only tomato sauce, you need olives and mushrooms too. You don't think we could survive without mushrooms? We would have been fine. Guess what? We wouldn't even know what we're missing because we never would have seen it. Hashem, we weren't asking for it. We didn't need it. But yet the creator of the world, before he even made us, he already was thinking about how he would give us a life of pleasure. He thought about mushrooms. Think about that. He says, ah, you know, this Yosef, I'm going to make him. This Rivka, she's going to come to the world. Wouldn't she enjoy mushrooms in her life? Let's make mushrooms. Let's make olives, but not just one type of olive. Maybe they're going to like the other type of olive. Some like the dark ones, some like the green ones, some like this. It's the purple ones, all kinds of olives. All types, there's hundreds and hundreds of olives. Let's say they don't like that one. I have another one for them. All different types of vegetables. Think about all the fruits. You walk into a fruit store. So what is going on here? Do we need a thousand type of apples? That's how many apples are grown in the U.S. alone. A thousand type of apples. We would be fine without apples. But Hashem says, you know, my guests, let's say they don't like the Granny Smith. Maybe they like Macintosh. I'm going to give them the Macintosh one. Maybe they like it even more sweet. And then we have all the different oranges. You walk into a fruit store, you see every color. If you like red, there's something there for you. You like blue, you're excited by blue, we'll give you blue. Every color and every taste, there's the sweet and the sour. There's the soft and then there's the hard. There's the mushy and there's the liquidy and there's the dry and there's every kind. You sit on a table, there's something there for you. And all of this was done before you even came to the world. Before there was even a guest. Hashem was already thinking, when I have guests, what am I going to give them? Every detail that we enjoy was already thought about. You think the world came to be and then they realized there was blueberries? All of a sudden Hashem said, oh wow, I bet those people would like the Mac Kintash apples that I made. I didn't realize that's going to be a good fit. That's ridiculous. Hashem thought about everything. How about all the spices out there? Can't we live without spices? What would happen if you ate spaghetti without spices? Well, nothing's going to happen to you. You just will enjoy it a little less. Tomato sauce without spices doesn't give it the full effect. You need spices too. How many spices? Endless. And the different mixtures and the way you can mix them and the way they're still coming out with cookbooks. I don't know where they come up with new with new items. I saw a cookbook once this thick. I said, This is it. This is the end of cookbooks. Who what else could you cook? And all of a sudden they come out a thicker one with different kinds of items. 
Because there's no end to the mixtures, to the pleasures, to the way it can be done this way or that way. How you bake it, if you cook it, well done, not well done, crispy, soft, all kinds. There is no end. We could sit here and you better know much better than me. Hashem, the creator of my world, who made me, thought about literally every single type of pleasure that I would never even know that I'm missing out on. But he thought, how can I give him max pleasure? Maximum. Now, of course, I got to give him the tools to enjoy it too. And this is just an example, one example of many, many, many thousands of examples that we could sit here and talk about how Hashem thought about not only my survival. When Hashem created me, He didn't say, okay, how is this boy going to survive? That, that, wasn't, that wasn't His thinking. He was thinking way more than survival. When Hashem brought me into His home, His question was, what can I give Him to enjoy? And not just enjoy a little bit, to enjoy to the max. And for that, I have to create so many different types of things. Abraham Avinu understood from that example. You ask Abraham, do you know anything about your creator? And Abraham will say, well, I'll tell you something. You don't have to think too hard, but to know that Hashem is Hafez Hesed, He's interested in giving pleasure to others, everybody can see. You have to stop and open your eyes. Imagine you had a guest that came to your house. So let's be honest and open now with each other. Someone says, there's a guest coming in from out of town. He needs a place to stay. So you try to avoid the conversation. That's the first thing you do. Because bringing a guest from out of town, you know, it's not like a guest. You know, people sometimes have these big rabbis come to the house. That's not a guest. Okay, that's your kavod to have a rabbi like that. We're talking about a guy coming from out of town. You don't know where he is, who he is. You don't know what he's here for. You don't know how long he's staying. You don't know what he needs, what attention he's gonna. Who knows? Okay. That's, a, that's the kind of guest. I'm not talking, well, the Gadol Ador is coming to your house for, for Shabbat. He says, oh, it's nice. It's also nice to open your house to great people. But that's more for you than for him. We're talking about a person who's lost. He needs someone to stay. And someone's talking to you about this. So now in your heart, you're saying, come on, I have a, I have a life. I got way over my head. I got my kids. I got my this. I got my that. You know what? Let me not bring up anything. I'll just listen. I won't comment. Because once you start commenting, then you start becoming a possibility of an address. I'm not going to say anything. I'll just hear. I'll start to Why don't they call Bikur Halim? I heard there's somebody in Deal who has people staying by his house. The last thing we want 
is someone to knock on our door. Again, not because we're bad people, it's just that we, you know, we're very busy. And then, once in a while it happens, we have no choice. They knocked on the door already, what are you gonna do? They're here already. Who gave them the number, who gave them the address? Now, for most of us, who says we're home? Just because someone's knocking, doesn't mean I'm home. So, guess what? Everyone's sleeping. Oh, okay, it's 5 p.m. only. That's it, we sleep early here. That's how it works. Yes, okay. If you can get away with that, good. Now, if you're a big tzaddik, you can't have a guy knocking on your door, you don't answer. So, you're a very special person. You open the door. And you say, can I help you with something? Hoping that maybe $5 can do the job. And then they say, no, but I'm very hungry. You have anything to eat? Now let's imagine it's safe. And there's, you know, sometimes we worry about, let's say it's a safe issue. So let's not get excited about what if the guy is, uh, you know, an armed uh, terrorist. Uh, let's let's make, make it a simple case. Okay? He's, not, he's not a terrorist, he's, a, he's fine. Now he wants to eat. Now I'm telling you, if I let a guest in my house, uncalled for to come eat. I let them come into my dining room, my kitchen, and I serve them leftovers. I would walk away from that and say, I am the biggest tzaddik in the world. I open my, I open my door. I put the guy on the table. I gave him a cup of water and I brought out all the leftovers and I heated it for them. Beautiful. Imagine, I would say, come on, it's not leftovers for a guest. So I go cook for them. That's, that's wow. It's very special. Abraham Avinu learned from his creator how to take care of a guest. He understood from his creator that if somebody needs you, you don't just give him the basics even though in our world that would be like, wow, you gave him what he needs, unbelievable. Abraham said, no, no, you gotta give him the best. You gotta give him much more than the necessity. You have to think about what can I give this guy that's gonna make him enjoy. This is Abraham Avinu. Now you understand why he's running around, he's baking, Probably he had bread around, but he's going to make everything fresh. Wouldn't they enjoy fresh halal more? Of course they would. And he's going to slaughter animals. The Pasuk says, Vayikah. He took Aigel Rach Batov. He took a tender, soft calf to slaughter. Rabbein Yonah says, from this we see that Abraham had an ayin tova. Was a special person. What's so special about taking a tender young animal? The answer is that he went, he didn't just go and pick an animal and slaughter it or take some meat from the freezer. He went and got the best meat he could find. 
and the best delicacies that he could find. Abraham Avinu was busy thinking about how this person's experience would not just be me giving him what he needs, it would be giving him the greatest pleasure that I can afford. This was Abraham Avinu. So if we ask the question that we asked, where did Abraham learn this from? That's extraordinary. You're running after people to give them all of these amazing delicacies. Where did you get that from? Hashem. He taught me. That's the way he treats me as his guest. That's the example. Our second question was, why are you upset that people don't need you? So this question is only a question. When we look at kindness in the way we normally look at it, me and you have been accustomed to thinking that hesed begins with a needy person. Where does all hesed begin? Somebody needs food. Someone needs money. Someone needs assistance. Someone needs a doctor. Someone needs... All chesed that we know about begin with somebody who needs. Because somebody needs, so therefore I step up, hopefully, some people, even when people need, don't step up. Those are not Baal chesed. Who's a Baal chesed? Someone when he sees a need, he steps up. And he takes care of that person. Now the question I ask you now is, is that the kind of hesed that Hashem practices? Meaning, is Hashem's kindness with us because we need, He gives us? So that can't be. Why? Very simple. Because we weren't even created. Before we were created, imagine right now we were never created. So what would happen? What would we, what would we be missing right now? Nothing. Because we weren't created. If Hashem wouldn't create us, we wouldn't be lacking anything. So He actually made us just so He can give us. Which means that the chesed of Hashem didn't start from somebody who needs, and then Hashem says, oh, He needs me, let me help Him. It didn't start with a hungry person, and Hashem says, let me feed Him. It didn't start with a person who says, oh, I need to enjoy myself, let me give Him pleasures. It started from Him. The kindness of Hashem began not from the needy. It began from Himself. Which means that real hesed is not when someone needs you that you give Him. That's also hesed. But the hesed of Hashem begins with you even when nobody needs you, at least not that you know of, and you're thinking and you're pleading with yourself how you can become a Baal Hesed. Hashem's Hesed began before there was even a world. The whole world and all its needs were created by someone 
who just wanted to do chesed. So he created those who need something just so he can give them. That is the ultimate kindness. The ultimate kindness is a person whose chesed begins from within them. That they can't go a day without doing chesed. They can't continue living their life without helping people. They can't do it. Of course, I don't feel bad that people are not hungry. Abraham wasn't feeling bad that people didn't need him. Abraham felt bad that he couldn't be like Hashem. He felt bad that he wasn't practicing the godliness, the chesed that came from within him. He wanted opportunities to help people because he understood that this was the greatest accomplishment in life. The greatest accomplishment in life was to live a life of godliness like the Creator that made us. So that's why Abraham Avinu, when there was no guest, he was in pain. Not in pain because he wanted people to be in pain. He was in pain because he had a godly inspiration inside of him that wanted him to do for someone other than himself. He couldn't go a day without opening his home. He couldn't go a day without giving of himself to others. And if you're a Baal Chesed, you too wouldn't want a day to go by without opening your, your heart and opening your home and opening your wallet and opening your pockets. You wouldn't want a day to go by. Forget who needs you. It's not even important. You got to find people that need you so you can give them. You see a guest, Abraham is running after them. Please, hey, I, I need you. Who needs who? We think the people need him. No, no, he needs them. Why does he need them? Because how else can he be godly? How else can he live a life of being like Hashem, which is the ultimate giver? How can he be a giver if he doesn't practice giving? He sees three people, he runs after them. Abraham understands that being a giver is not something you study about or you have a philosophy about, or you read a book about. It's something you gotta practice. You could say, I'm a giver all I want. But if you don't practice giving, it doesn't become part of you. That's how a human is built. A human doesn't change from learning. A human changes from doing. You have to do. Abraham felt that day he was going backwards. That day he felt he wasn't becoming that great giver that he was destined to be. That's how he knew that even though you have no people that need you, but it hurts. It hurts when you can't become like Hashem. Which answers another question, a third question. Hashem set it up. You know, yeah, you can't escape the reality of what happened in that story. Hashem is visiting him. And at that time, he sends him three Arabs. 
Don't you think Hashem could wait? Don't you think Hashem could say goodbye first and then send them the three people? But you see that Hashem actually put him to the test. He actually wanted Abraham to make a good choice and to see if he's going to make the right choice. So what did he do? He sets it up where Hashem is going to be with him. What an experience. Wow. And simultaneously, there's going to be people that need him. And Hashem wants to see, Abraham, what are you going to do? Let me see. Now, how did Abraham know what to do? How would you know if it's more important to be with Hashem or to go help others? Abraham obviously made the right choice. He made the right choice. He said, Hashem, I'm leaving. Goodbye. I'm going to help those people. But how did Hashem expect Abraham to know the right answer? How do you know? How did Abraham know that in that situation you're supposed to leave God and go help others? The answer is because there's something greater than being with Hashem. And that is to be like Hashem. It's greater. Imagine some people, they have deal billions of times. They're around this great basketball player. Oh, they feel so special being in the presence of that star. But imagine you could be the star. What's greater, to be around the star or to be the star yourself? Abraham understood this is who Hashem was and he is expected to follow. And his greatness in life is to be like Hashem. These classes that we're learning about Simha ultimately is going to lead us to say, well, if you live like Hashem, you're going to be Samer. Hashem is a giver. That's what we're learning now. So you better start giving. Because if you don't start giving, you're not going to be like Hashem. And if you're not like Hashem, you're not going to be Samer. Abraham passed the test. He knew to be like Hashem is greater than the pleasure of being with Him. And then we come to a fourth question. This is a very surprising story. This whole story with Abraham Avinu. You know, if anyone, like we're doing today, if anyone wants to study about Hesed, they would go right to that page. Not just me and you, millions and millions of Jews, from Moshe Rabbeinu till today and even before, they went to study that parasha. The parasha of Hesed. This is the example for our people. But so disappointing is the fact that the recipients of this hesed were really not people. You have to remember that Abraham is doing all of this, all of what he did for people who weren't hungry and couldn't even eat. For people who weren't thirsty and weren't able to drink. For people who couldn't enjoy any of these pleasures that he came to give them. His hesed really was a waste of time. And the question really is more on Hashem. So you see Abraham is upset. You see he wants to help. What do you have to send angels for? 
Why are you sending angels? Angels don't eat. Angels don't sleep. Angels don't drink. What are you sending angels for? And if you tell them, there's nobody out there. Who am I sending? Do you remember why nobody's out there? Why was nobody out there? Because Hashem took the temperature and said, here, we're putting it at 120. Nobody can go out. So what do you have to do to get people back in the streets? Very simple. Lower the temperature. Bring a quick thunderstorm. Cools down in 20 minutes. And then what would happen? Like it happened every day. People would come out and there would be a real guest that walks into Abraham Avinu's tent. But Hashem said, no, I'm leaving the temperature as is, which was miraculous. But there was no need for this miracle. There was a need for the first miracle to turn the temperature up so that Abraham would relax. But at this point, there's no miracle needed. Turn down the temperature, everything will go back to normal. And then Abraham would have real guests. Isn't it disappointing that the story of Hesed that we teach our children and grandchildren that we learned about at the end of the day was a waste of time? Wouldn't it be better if they were actual recipients to this Hesed? Why? And it could have been done so easily. It's almost as, as if by design Hashem wanted that the Hesed of Abraham, that he's going to highlight in his Torah, this wasn't the only story, but it's the only story Hashem highlighted. It's as if Hashem said, for this story that I'm going to highlight in the Torah, that's going to be learned by millions and millions and millions and billions of people, I want it to be done with someone who doesn't even need you. Why? Why not have a great ending to the story? Not that just you gave, but they, uh, they enjoyed. Because maybe this is the greatest lesson of all. Because true hesed, true kindness, is not about you. Taking somebody who needs and giving it to them. True hesed is about you. Practicing hesed. You're lucky if there's a recipient. They don't need you. You need them. This is the perfect example of Hesed. If Hashem would bring regular people, well, they would need Abraham. You know what Hashem did? He sent Abraham people that didn't need him. You know who needed who more? He needed them. And that should be the example of our Hesed every single day. The people that we're helping, we need them more than they need us. That's the way Hashem wanted it. He specifically wanted angels that don't need Abraham because the message to you and to all who learned that story is you need the angel. The angel doesn't need you. You need to do chesed. It's not because he needs you giving it to him. And you should be thinking and be worried. Are you doing enough with your life? Are you giving enough of yourself? Are you counting the blessings that Hashem gave you? Financial blessings. Time. Ability. 
We have a lot more than we think. And one of the reasons that we don't do enough is because we're not sitting by the tent kehom hayom. Because if we were Avraham Avinu, we would say, okay, there's, no, there's nothing for me to do. What should I do? If I was Avraham, I would be home saying, there's nothing to do. Of course I would help if people need me. There's nothing to do. By the way, we do the same thing. Right now we could walk out of here and say, of course I'd like to help, but I have nothing to do. I don't have anything to do. Well, guess what? You have to ask and you got to plead with Hashem. Please give me something to do. I can't do this. I can't live my life just taking and taking and taking. I need to give. I need to be Samaya. I have to give. Please give me opportunities. Let me help. Let me help an angel. Let me give somebody. Send me Eliyahu Navi. I don't care. I want to help somebody. I can't live like this. The excuse of there's nothing for me to do doesn't exempt us from sitting by the tent opening and saying we need to find something. The great Nefesh HaHayim, great book, Nefesh HaHayim, quotes Rav Chaim of Elijah, one of the great Rashi Yeshivot of the last 300 years. You have to know this is the entire person. Someone tells you this is the entire. This is really everything. It's really all about this. And if you ask the great Rosh Yeshiva about what? If you heard a great Rosh Yeshiva speaking that says, guys, guys, it's all about this. And now you're thinking, what's he going to say? Torah? Learning Torah, mitzvot, tefillah. What's he gonna say? Kizeh kol adam lo leatzmo nivra. He wasn't created for himself. Rak, rak. You hear the word rak? Rak means only lehoil leaharine. A person was created only to benefit someone other than himself. Very surprising hearing that from the Rosh Hashiva. How much? Whatever you can do. Everybody's got kohot. Everyone can do something. And if you think you can, just start praying. That Hashem should give you the chokhmah and the abilities and the opportunity. There was a great letter that was sent from one of the greatest rabbis in our history, the Gaon of Vilna. He was making Aliyah to Eretz Israel, and he wrote a letter to his wife. And in that letter he writes, Ubaze Rov HaTorah. He says, and with this is the majority of the Torah. What is that? Notice he didn't say to do hasid for the needy. That's very hasid. 
Our mission in life is not to do kindness by giving those who are missing. Our mission in life is to make other people sameah, to make other people happy, to give them as much as we can afford to bring that to happen. That's why, says David Melech, Olam Chesed Yibane, which means the world was created because of Hashem's kindness, but it also means that your world and my world can only be built. You're wondering why there's lack of simha out there? You don't have to wonder no more. There's a lack of simha when there's a lack of chesed. If you're not out there thinking about what you can do for another, if you're not realizing that your whole mission in life is to make other people sameach, then you're never going to reach the simcha that Hashem wants for every single one of us. Olam chesed yibaneh. Abraham Avinu understood this, by the way. He didn't have the Gaon Mevilna's letter. He didn't have the Nefesh Hayim to read. He wrote those books, Abraham. He wrote those books. He knew that. How did Abraham know that your mission and my mission in life is to make somebody happy. He learned it from Hashem, like we mentioned, but he saw it in the world. He opened his eyes and he looked at the world and he saw all the squirrels in the world. I don't know how many squirrels there are in the world. Trillions and trillions of squirrels. And what's unique about these squirrels is that every one of them is self-sufficient. They all have a house without going to a realtor. Is that nice? They have a house. Without a painter, without an architect. They have a house ready for them. They come into this world, they have homes all over the world ready for them. They have their food ready for them. They don't need a chef. They don't need to go out to a restaurant. They don't need to buy food. They don't need to grow food. They don't need anything. Self-sufficient. They have fur already made for them. They have everything they need. They don't need someone to come to their wedding to make them happy. They're happy by a private wedding. They don't need, imagine you go to your wedding, you invited a thousand people, and for some reason that day, everyone got lazy. It just, it just happened that way. Everyone gets lazy. Every wedding, some people get lazy. One, two, three, four, five. Imagine your wedding, everyone got lazy. You come to the place, there's nobody there. And you look like, you're very sad. Someone asks you, why are you sad? You're getting married today. It's the happiest day of your life. I know there's nobody here. So what? That's how humans are. We need people to, even, even in happiness, we need people to make us happy. Doesn't make sense. I know when we're down, we need people to make us happy. But even when we're happy, we can't be happy. Unless somebody else, not one, not two, we need a hundred. Some people need two hundred. Some people need a thousand. We need food. We need clothing. We need housing. We get sick a lot more than animals do. We got to go to the dentist every year. Some go twice a year. We got to clean our teeth. You ever see a dentist for cows? 
They don't go to dentists. You ever, you ever hear for Alcoholics Anonymous for, for, for horses? They don't, they don't need these things. They don't need help. They don't need doctors. They don't need, for the most part, they're self-sufficient. And you know when it starts, that self-sufficiency? By humans, they're not self-sufficient until they hit, I don't know, 30? Maybe more? <laughs> Right. When, when did these kids become self-sufficient? Used to be bar mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Forget it. Today, impossible. Double that at least. Till they could stand on their feet. You get this little kid. It takes you three years to teach him how to go to the bathroom. Can't walk. The guy can't walk. He sits there like this. Can't move. He can't eat. The food could be next to him. And he would starve because he doesn't know how to put it in his mouth. A human baby is the biggest hazi case in creation. Compare that to a baby of a squirrel. Look at the squirrel after he has a baby. The guy is jumping. He's all over the place. He tells his father goodbye, I'll see you later. He doesn't need his help, his support, his training. He's good. That's how animals are. Animals don't have hinuch books. They don't have their kids in their house and trying to help them. They're on their own. They're doing great. By the way, it's not only squirrel. Every animal in the world, every single animal, all the trillions and trillions of animals in the world, all of them have the same story. They're all self-sufficient. They don't need much. And even what they need, it's very easily gettable for them. Abraham saw all of this and he looked at mankind and said, Hashem, what have you done? The little ant has it all. The little mouse has it all. The little cat has it all. They keep getting big, bigger and more important. And then finally you get to the human and you say, the human, ooh, he's going to have it all, all. And just by the human, it's the only time Hashem Kaviachol messed up. He messed up. Instead of giving us everything, imagine coming into this world with a 40 by 100, an ocean park going. Nice. Already furnished. You have all the clothing ready for you. You have all the food pretty much at your reach. Healthy, great. Well, that, that's what we expect. Come to the Adam all of a sudden. So what is what is this? What happened? Abraham understood that when you see what Hashem creates, you have to learn from that. When you walk into a stadium, you know it's a place for events, even if you never saw an event. How do you know? Just open your eyes. This world is Hashem's stadium. If you see in this world things, you gotta open your eyes. Abraham is thinking, one second. Why did Hashem make humans so needy? We all need each other all the time. We think only people who need money are needy. It's the biggest lie. We all need each other. We need each other to be our friend, 
We need people to give us compliments. We need people to give us kabod. We need people to make us feel important. We need people to give us loans when we're out of money. We need people to support us when we're down. We need advice from people sometimes. We need to learn, just like we're learning now. We need people to teach us. We need, we all need, we all need. Like I told you, even when we're sameach, we need people. Abraham says, I don't understand. The entire animal kingdom, so much more than humans. There's much, many more animals than humans in the world. And every one of them needs almost nothing. When it came to Adam, Hashem almost like dropped the ball. What, what happened? How come he is the most needy? The most. How could it be? Abraham knows Hashem doesn't mess up. He proved himself endless amount of times. Just to show you. He did it right every single time. Maybe that's why Hashem made so many animals. To tell us, listen, I could do it right. You know how many times? Trillions of times. I know how to give you everything. Just like I gave the elephant. Are you less important than the elephant? I gave the elephant everything. You don't think I give it to you? When you're missing something in your life, you don't think I give it to you? When you see somebody else missing something, you don't think Hashem give it to them? You don't think Hashem could create a baby and he's walking right away? You don't think he could do that? If you don't think he could do that, go to the monkeys. Go see all the other animals. He could do it. He needs you to train your baby to walk. He could do it himself. He doesn't need you. And Abraham kept asking his questions. Hashem doesn't need me. Why is he making that guy lacking? He could give it to himself. Oh. Abraham says, oh. Very simple. Very simple. If Hashem would make humans like animals, how are you going to do Hassan? Could you ask me? Who are you going to help? You can't make anyone happy because they're happy already. You can't go to anyone's wedding. They're not even inviting you. They don't care. You can't give someone food. They're all eating. You can't make someone clothing. They're all wearing clothes. They all have homes. They can walk on their own. They don't need you. They're trained already. And we would say, oh, what a perfect world. People dream, by the way, of a perfect world where nobody would ever need anything from anybody else. Ah, what a world. As if to, as if to say, Hashem messed up. If I made the world, nobody would go hungry. No one would need medicine. No one would get sick. No one would need help. No one would. If I made the world, I would make a perfect world. Hashem, what could we do? He doesn't realize. That's how we think. We don't say it like that. But that's what we think. Abraham thought a little smarter. Hashem is more kind than you. He's smarter than you. Smarter than me. He knows what he's doing. Abraham understood that there are so many people out there that need so many things. There's only one reason. He could give it to them. Because he wants me to do it. How else would I be able to become a giver if I don't give. So Hashem gives me opportunities endless. The giver needs the taker much more than the taker needs the giver. It's such a different mindset. 
It's not the way we think. We give someone $10, we're already thinking, what are you doing for me? How much kavod are you giving me? Are you recognizing me? It's a mistake. You give someone money? You say, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to give you. Thank you for allowing me to feed you. Thank you for inviting me to your wedding so I can come and make you happy. Not like the way we get an invitation. When you get an invitation, what do you say? Oh, another wedding. Can't. You gotta call them and say, thank you for inviting me. You're giving me a chance to come and do something for somebody else. It's a whole different mindset. Chesed is not about a person that needs you. It's about you that needs people that you can give to. Olam chesed yibaneh. Abraham understood that. Kizeh kol ha'adam. Unbelievable. Abraham could write this. It's all about that. What are you doing for others? You got to ask yourself that question every day. And if you come up with nothing because you can't find anything, you better stop praying. Hashem, open my eyes. There's got to be something I could do. Maybe I'm not seeing the angels. Maybe I'm not seeing what I have. But open my eyes. I got to do something. I can't live like this. That's why the only two places in the Torah that we find cities destroyed. The Mabul and Sedom was for the same problem. It was people, it was a society of people that didn't help one another. Hashem could handle any society. There's been some difficult societies out there. But yet they survived. The world survived. But when people stop helping each other, then there's no purpose for the world. That's what it's all about. There's a Midrash that says that Iyov came to Hashem with a big complaint. Iyov, how many people do you know today that could say Iyov is their grandpa? How many people do you know that have Iyov as their, they have a picture of him or his name in their house? Says, grandpa, great grandpa. I bet not one. There's not one human in the world today that even knows who Iyov is. Maybe they read him his book, that's it. Abraham Avinu, forget about it. Almost every human on the planet says, Abraham, my grandpa. Iyov had a complaint about that. The Midrash says, that Iyov came to Hashem and he said, Bore Olam, I don't get it. Abraham and me are identical. I also had a tent. I also help people. Why Abraham was chosen and me, I was left behind? What's the difference? I don't get it. Why am I different than Abraham? Hashem told him, Yov, you're a very good guy. 
You're a good guy. When someone came to your house, you asked them, what do you normally eat? You ate fish, you made him fish. He eats pasta, you made him pasta. He eats steak, you made him steak. Nice, could you imagine? You did that? Someone comes to your house and he says, by the way, what do you normally like to eat? And whatever he likes to eat, you make him. Now that to me, that would be like, wow. One time I was visiting somebody, I was sleeping over by somebody. I got a phone call the night before. You know, I have to ask you a question. I said, please. He says, what kind of pillow do you like to sleep on? And I'm thinking, why are you asking me that? He says, we know some people like the hard pillows, the soft pillows, the thin pillows, the thick pillows. I thought that was very special. When was the last time someone asked you what kind of pillow you like to sleep on? That was like a shock. He tells him, you, you're a beautiful guy. You ask the guy what pillow you like, what kind of food you like, you like salad before, what kind of dressing you like, beautiful. But Abraham, it wasn't like you. Abraham would just give the guy the best that he could find. That's the end of the Midrash. When you read this Midrash, you say, okay, I mean, it's a nice answer. It's a little different. Abraham has like one up on the Eov. But is that really enough of an answer? That's the difference? Because I asked him what kind of pillow, or one gave him the best pillow, or one asked him what kind of food, or one gave him the best food without asking? Is that enough to answer Eov's question? It seems to be like, okay, Abraham was a little better, but it puts him in a different league altogether. But the answer is like we're saying today. It's not just a different league. It's not just a little different. It's a whole new type of hesed. What Hashem was telling Eov is that your hesed was based on the other person's needs. You ask the guy, what do you need? What are you missing? Based on what he's missing, you gave him. But Abraham's hesed had a whole different head. His hesed began from himself. It's a man that was thirsty to do the best that he can for anyone that he could find. That's not just a better hesed. It's a whole different way of life. Hashem says, you're no Abraham. Your chesed is nice, but nowhere near Abraham. I think I'll stop it today. But at the end of the day, this is something we must work on. We must leave this class and we must ask ourselves, for sure, we're nowhere near. I don't even think we're near Eov. How's that? Forget Abraham. We're not even near Eov. We're fortunate if we help people who are missing. But we have to shoot for the stars because we want Simha. We want something big. And we need to pay the price. And the price is very beautiful. The price is having that mindset every day. 
where hesed begins from me. It doesn't begin from the needy. It begins, it begins from me that sees myself as the needy. I am the needy. I'm the one that needs much more than the person that I'm helping. That's a very high level of life that all of us are capable of. Nobody here could say, oh, I can't do that. That's like for great Sadiqim. Not. Just got to change your mindset. Got to change your perspective. That was the way Eliezer tested Rivka. What was the test of Rivka? Rivka, uh, could you, we're very thirsty. Could you give us some water, please? If she gave him water, she would have failed the test. She gave him water. Sorry, you failed. She said, but no, not only you, I'm going to give you camels. I didn't ask you for my camels. Doesn't matter, I want to give you camels. And he told all the people with him, they were capable people there. You know what they told him? He told them, don't help her. Just sit there and watch her. Could you imagine 10 people that are asking you to help them and they're watching? Very capable people. We'll, we'll all help somebody who needs help. But they're very capable. And they're sitting there watching her. Notice uh, Eliezer never asked her name. Because if he asked her name, that might be a reason for her to do it. Because, you know, you get a good name. People know about you. He didn't ask her name. She was some anonymous person. He never said thank you once. And the whole, you know, if I needed help. So my car broke down on a freezing day in the highway. And I'm stuck. And all of a sudden some guy comes and he gets under the car on his own. He's trying to help me. You know how many times I would say thank you? I would say thank you about a thousand times. Not because I'm so sweet. I don't want the guy to stop. You say, thank you, thank you so much. I can't believe what you're doing. You're awesome. There's no one like you. I hope my thank you is Lashem Shemaim. But even not, I want him to go. Eliezer, the whole time she's going down to the well, this little girl, water, water. What? Not one time he says, thank you. Why? Because this was all part of knowing whose hesed does this girl practice? Is it Eov's Hesed or is it Abraham's Hesed? You see, if it's Eov's Hesed, if it's based on the need, you asked him for something, he did it, she did it, done. If there was any ulterior motive involved, she wouldn't have done it. But this girl saw that she can help somebody. She asked no questions. She's just helping, she's doing it. She understood. This is our Zechut, it's actually our biggest accomplishment. The day we see ourselves as the needy, as the needy, as the one who's helping us, is the day we start living like Abraham Avinu. When we start to give now, when we have all of us give, we give our children, we give our spouse, we give our neighbors, we give charity to people. After today's class, Next time you give your son or your daughter, you don't have to say this. And you could, by the way. It's not a bad thing to say. Say thank you for giving me the opportunity to be your mother. Thank you for the chance to be able to give you charity. Thank you. Thank you for being the recipient of my kindness. Thank you. That's the mindset that has to start going after today's class.
Two things we have to change. When we give, we have to thank them for helping us so much. And we have to look. Sometimes it's going to be like impossible. Where? Who am I going to help? We got to worry about that. To think what we can do for another person. This is called the Hasid of Abraham. And if we expect to have Simha in our lives, we're going to have to start practicing it. And it's for all people, all ages. This is something everybody can do. It needs a little focus. It needs a little effort. Be'ezrat Hashem will be zokhe. To have great opportunities and great simha in our lives. Have a wonderful day. Baruch Allah le'olam. Amen ve'amen.